Section 36. This and that and the other. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This and that and the other by Hilaire Belloc. Section 36. Chapter 33. On Knowing the Past. An apprehension of the past demands two kinds of information. First, the mind must grasp the nature of historic change and must be made acquainted with the conditions of human thought in each successive period, as also with the general aspect of its revolution and progression. Secondly, the actions of men, the times, that is, the dates and hours of such actions, must be strictly and accurately acquired. Neither of these two foundations, upon which repose both the teaching and the learning of history, is more important than the other. Each is essential. But a neglect of the due emphasis which one or the other demands, though both be present, warps the judgment of the scholar and forbids him to apply this science to its end, which is the establishment of truth. History may be called the test of true philosophy or it may be called, in a very modern and not very dignified metaphor, the object lesson of political science, or it may be called the great story, whose interest is upon another plane from all other stories, because its irony, its tragedy, and its moral are real, were acted by real men, and were the manifestation of God. But whatever brief and epigrammatic summary we make to explain the value of history to men, the formula still remains an imperative formula for them all, and I repeat it, the end of history is the establishment of truth. A man may be ever so accurately informed as to the dates, the hours, the weather, the gestures, the type of speech, the very words, the soil, the color that between them all would seem to build up a particular event. But if he is not seized of the mind which lay behind all that was human in the business, then no synthesis of his detailed knowledge is possible. He cannot give to the various actions which he knows their due sequence and proportion. He knows not what to omit or what to enlarge upon among so many, or rather a potentially infinite number of facts, and his picture will not be, as some would put it, distorted, it will be false. He will not be able to use history for its end, which is the establishment of truth. All that he establishes by his action, all that he confirms and makes stronger, is untruth, and so far as truth is concerned, it would be far better that a man should be possessed of no history than that he should be possessed of history ill-stated as to the factor of human motive. A living man has to aid his judgment and to guide him in the establishment of truth contemporary experience. Other men are his daily companions. The consequence and the living principles of their acts and his own are fully within his grasp. If a man is rightly informed of all the past motive and determining mind from which the present has sprung, his information will illumine and expand and confirm his use of that present experience. If he know nothing of the past, his personal observation and the testimony of his own senses are, so far as they go, an unshakable foundation. But if he brings in aid of contemporary experience an appreciation of the past which is false, because it gives to the past a mind which was not its own, 
then he will not only be wrong upon that past, but he will tend to be wrong also in his conclusions upon the present. He will forever read into the plain facts before him origins and predetermining forces which do not explain them, and which are not connected with them in the way he imagines. And he will easily come to regard his own society, which as a wholly uninstructed man he might fairly, though insufficiently, have grasped, through a veil of illusion and a false philosophy, until at last he cannot even see the things before his eyes. In a word, it is better to have no history at all than to have a history which misconceives the general direction and the large lines of thought in the immediate and the remote past. This being evidently the case, one is tempted to say that a just estimate of the revolution and its progression of human motive in the past is everything to history, and that an accurate scholarship in the details of the chronicle in dates especially is of wholly inferior importance. Such a statement would be quite false. Scholarship in history, that is an acquaintance with the largest possible number of facts and an accurate retention of them in the memory, is as essential to this study as of that other background of motive which has just been examined. The thing is self-evident if we put an extreme case. For if a man were wholly ignorant of the facts of history and of their sequence, he could not possibly know what might lie behind the actions of the past. For we only obtain communion with that which is within, and that which is foundational in human action, by an observation of its external effect. A man's history, for instance, is sound and on the right lines, if he have but a vague and general sentiment of the old pagan civilization of the Mediterranean so long as that sentiment corresponds to the very large outline and is in sympathy with the main spirit of the affair but he cannot possess so much as an impression of the truth if he has not heard the names of certain of the great actors if he is wholly unacquainted with the conception of a city-state and if the names of rome of athens of antioch of alexandria and of jerusalem have never been mentioned to him nor will a knowledge of facts however slight be valuable Contrary-wise, it will be detrimental and of negative value to his judgment if accuracy in his knowledge be lacking. If he were invariably inaccurate, thinking that red which was blue, inverting the order of any two events, and putting without fail in the summer what happened in winter, or in the Germanies what took place in Gaul, his facts would never correspond with human motives of them, and his errors upon externals would at once close his avenues of access towards internal motives and suggest other and non-existent motive in its place the end of section thirty six